fabulous song, in my opinion. I mean, it's just really well thought out. And the whole album is really well thought out. You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are back. And today, uh, we're beginning a new series. So we were doing GMA Dove Award nominated songs, and uh, we've gone to uh, a series which we hope will give you an idea of where the bar is when we say uh, this song isn't a five. Because the question, it begs the question, well, what is a five exactly? We've only given out a few of these. So today we'll be taking a look at a song by Caroline Cobb uh, and Sean Carter written by the same called the passover song which i can assure you is about the passover but not just about the passover and the lamb that will come his cross will be our glory in the red of his blood it will make us white uh, this was put forth by colin as a five is that correct colin i did Okay. First, let me just start by saying a little bit about the artist and the the album. And probably many of our listeners have not heard of this person. We review songs that are typically in the top 100 of uh, the CCLI. And this is one of the rare instances where my wife actually uh, had a recommendation for music that was decent because she listens Whoa. to garbage music for the most part um, that I find unlistenable. And uh, she she had this music on, this the, uh, the album, which this comes off of, The Blood and the Breath. And I'm a big fan. I'm already a big fan of like concept albums. Like I love the Who's albums, concept albums, um, they're a variety. Of, they're just, I, I just think writing a concept album is a, a difficult thing to do and it's really hard to pull off well. And I was, I just, she had this album on because she had, she had heard Caroline Cobb at a gospel coalition conference. She had led worship. And I just listened to this album and I just, wow. I mean, it is, it is one of the most well-written concept albums that I have ever heard. And, and I include all concept albums that I've heard, um, wh whether Christian or, or whatever else. Mm. Um, it's it's a phenomenal album that walks through the Bible, and it it's constantly telling, constantly referring to Christ. Um, so a lot of it obviously is based around Old Testament books and stories, but there are these little nuggets in the songs, in the lyrics, in melody in some cases, and this song does it too, where there's just these little references, these, these forward-looking references, and in a real sense, of the big story of the Bible is is present in this album, and I, I actually don't know much about Caroline Cobb herself. Like I, I I've never like looked really looked her up or anything like that. I just I just listened to the music and enjoyed the music. So that's a little bit about the you know the album and how this kind of came on my radar. Um, the song is a song which is is referencing the Passover. It's referencing uh you know the, this key moment in Israel's history, but the song is interwoven. Or interwoven into the song is nothing but the blood of Jesus, both the melody and the words, and in just sort of very subtle ways, as like an almost as like an afterthought, and and it, the song basically tracks what Israel is doing and Israel's condition at the moment of the Passover, and then directly afterwards. But it's also splicing into that 
our need for the ultimate Passover lamb, right, which is Christ, and um, the promise of what Christ will do and what he will bring for God's people, God's sort of greater Israel, as it were. And it's just, I think it's a very artful song. I find it a really thoughtfully written song in terms of its lyrics, and again, also its melodies. I mean, she's, Caroline Cobb is a very good, um, she's very good at writing melodies and counter melodies and just uh, uh it, it it is in that typical genre of kind of christian music it's not that innovative in the sense that she's in a genre that would be very familiar to listeners but she does a few little things that just uh provide that just would surprise a listener it's it's not milk toast or formulaic it's it's it is it's it's using this genre in in its most uh expansive way rather than what often happens which is reducing the genre into the most most uh broad and kind of vanilla way she she really she she really pushes the limits hmm. of what is an otherwise pretty limited genre hmm. yeah i remember when reading about this uh this singer songwriter caroline cobb she had set out to write a song for every book of the bible in a year yeah. and i thought that's that is an incredibly ambitious goal. I mean, that's more than one a week. And uh, it reminded me of Sufjan Stevens, who set out on his, yeah. do you remember his 50 States project where he later admitted was a marketing gimmick? Um, I, I don't think that this was a marketing gimmick for her. It seems very genuine. No. But uh, that this song, the Passover song on this album, The Blood and the Breath, um, The Blood and the Breath was the, the culmination of that effort to yeah. uh, really t- unite the entire Bible. In her words, to trace the theme of redemption from creation to the second coming of Christ. So Mm -hmm. she's looking at the big picture, even when she's talking about the Passover, um, not just through splicing in these older hymns, but even in the even in the newer lyrics that she's written, she's she's looking back to two different periods of time at the same time, which is Mm -hmm. is pretty creative, I think. Shall we get into lyrics, Colin? Let's do it. That was, I don't know if you noticed, but that was a Northern Irish sentence intonation pattern. <laughs> you just, you announce something, but you, you use the words of a question. There's a promise in our veins, but it's faded by all these years and shades. Send a prophet, send the plagues that by sun rise we will no more be slaves there's a promise in our veins but it's faded by all these years and chains send a prophet send the plagues that by sunrise we will no more be slaves colin tell me what is this well these are words tyler um <laughs> we think of as a linguist you would know that um so uh, what she's doing here is kind of taking the perspective of Israel, enslaved in Egypt. And again, there are hints here at a problem that there's something hopeful. There's been a promise that's been made. We don't know to who or from who, um, but it is faded by years and chains, which is an obvious reference to enslavement. And we've got then the, the arrival of Moses, and we've got the plagues that come to Egypt. And the idea is that there will be a day when Israel will be will not be enslaved. So it's just a real straightforward story, but I think sort of cleverly um, described in rhyme. Yeah. Hmm. I found this opening line really um, interesting because um, it's it's metaphorical. There is a promise in our veins, because if you're being a, a snarky, literal person, um, there's only blood in your veins. 
songs, but yeah, blood also plays quite prominently in this song. And so even yeah. later, instead of there's a promise in our veins, uh, we have the line, there's a poison in our veins, yeah, right. um, it, it, which we'll come to when we get to it. But it seems like she's really looking at both the, um, well, the, I'm assuming the promise in our veins is language for the, the people of God in Egypt, um, the Israelites, who yeah. were by blood descendants yes. of Abraham. That's right. And who we, as, you know, speaking only for the Goyim in the room here, but the non-Jews, um, we yeah. did not share in that promise by birth, um, unlike the people by of God. Blood. Um, well, by, by our own blood. Yes. And so I think that's that's what's really, really clever in this song is because she then emphasizes that the blood of this lamb ultimately is what uh, brings us into that promise. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to get to that. Take the lamb, take the blood, and paint it on our doorways at night. Death will come, but pass us by. Take the lamb, take the blood, and paint it on our doorways. At night, death will come, but pass us by. Colin, these are terrifying lines. What is going on here? Yeah, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, other than, yeah, this is a reference here, obviously, again, to the night of Passover. So, and the instructions that were given by God. So, uh, put the blood up on the door and the uh, angel of death will then pass over Israel. Just a pretty straightforward way of saying that. Hmm. And then we come to the first time that this um, nothing but the blood of Jesus is spliced in. This is all our hope and interestingly, it's not exactly nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? Because it doesn't say this is all my hope and peace. It says this yeah. is all our hope and peace. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of that, Colin? I think two things. So we have a song that is focused on Israel because, again, in the in the moment in Scripture that she's writing about, it's Israel. But she, this is the, one of those times where she's now giving a sense that maybe there's going to be a broader hour too. That God's Israel is bigger than mere ethnic Israel. And so we have, this is all our hope and peace, which, and she sings the melody too. So a Christian hears that and immediately thinks of Christ. She doesn't say Christ, but but it, it just bringing the melody in, everybody knows what that is, who's even remotely familiar with Christian music. And so we're suddenly, we're told right away through melody that this these lines that we just heard belong to us too, that there's a promise in our veins that we're enslaved, um, we were enslaved, and that we also need the lamb and his blood so that death will pass us by, and that the blood of the lamb is our hope too. Uh, so I think this is a, a subtle way, and she'll build on this in the song, of bringing in the idea that there's the Passover lamb and the Passover, but there is also Christ and the cross. Mm. You know, this reminds me a little bit of a song by Rich Mullins called My Deliverer, mm -hmm. which opens with the lines, Joseph took his wife and his child and they went to Africa, referring to Egypt, yeah, to escape the rage of a deadly king. There along the banks of the Nile, Jesus listened to the song that the captive children used to sing. They were singing, My Deliverer is coming, My Deliverer is standing by. And obviously, th th this is an embellishment of uh, a scriptural story, so we don't have you know evidence that uh, Jesus heard 
heard anything like these words. But it's doing something similar to that very, very popular song, at least formerly very, very popular song, in that it's uniting Christ's uh, earthly mission with the actions of God in the Old Testament. So that's pretty cool. In the morning, In the morning, we will rise, taste the freedom we thought we'd never find. We will dance now in the streets, once held captive. Now we shall live as kings. So we have a resolution here to something that was mentioned in the first line, which is that by sunrise, we will no more be slaves. And so we see the promise being fulfilled. Again, there are layers of the promise that are worked out in the song. So so one of the promises that they won't be slaves, and that promise is fulfilled. And we see it in this verse. So in the morning, we rise. So there it is. Um, and they get freedom. So they're not slaves. And in fact, um, they are living like kings because, of course, they, they're in effect looting the Egyptians, as we read in, in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being sent off with even the loot of, of the Egyptians, and they're dancing. So it's a, it's a great moment of freedom. But I think, as, as she says later, there's, there's even more that's, again, there's more that's going on here. But this on, this, on the surface level, and as, the, as we see in Exodus, this is the immediate thing that's going on. Well, let's get to that then. Lift your head, your voice, Sing of your salvation of the blood of the Lamb that gave us life. Lift your head, your voice, and sing of your salvation of the blood of the Lamb that gave us life. Here we have another mm, inclusive moment where this can be about Israel. This could be about the Israelites at the moment of the Exodus. It can also be about Christians that have been grafted into God's Israel. So uh, salvation of the blood of the lamb that gave us life. Again, Passover lamb that gave life by means of causing the angel of death to pass over. But of course, the allusion is also to Christ. And again, I like the idea here because just in the album as a whole, but also executed well in this song, when we're reading the Old Testament as Christians, we all of these mysteries that were hidden before Christ are suddenly just just openly obvious. And she's kind of walking us through that very process. So she's talking about the Old Testament, but there are these hints, and then they just become more and more obvious as the song goes. It's like, oh, yes, this is about the Passover, but the Passover is pointing us towards God's bigger story, God's bigger redemptive mission in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now by this will Now by this we'll overcome, now by this we'll reach our home. So again, we have these uh, reflections of nothing but the blood of Jesus, but uh, really interposing we for I, uh, which again, I find very interesting in that she seems to be deliberately choosing to view this salvation collectively. This is probably not something she's doing intentionally, but for this... 
I actually, this actually made me get more out of nothing but the blood of Jesus. When we sing about heaven, when we, when we sing this line, now by this we'll reach our home and nothing but the blood of Jesus, we're thinking about heaven. And one of the things that we should remember, and we don't often remember, at least I don't often remember, is that the Israelites finding the promised land, there are, there are also some, some similarities that, that helps us understand maybe what heaven will be and what the process of going to heaven will be like. The struggle, the dealing with sin, the having a promise, but also having that promised not realized immediately and sort of unveiled slowly, the need to have faith and persevere as we walk through life and endure various trials, but the eventual reward, um, you know, the idea of purification of the promised land, of you know, the idea of making a new heavens and a new earth. I mean, the, there are all of these connections. And the original, the song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, just talks about, we'll reach our home. Hmm. But when you juxtapose those lines next to really well-written words about what Israel went through, it really helps you make that connection. Yeah, and I think what I like about this song using nothing but the blood of Jesus, it's that it's actually improving on nothing but the blood of Jesus in a few ways. If you look at the original text yep. of nothing but the blood of Jesus, um, well, first of all, nothing but the blood of Jesus is every other line. So I'll just read the other lines to keep it short. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? For my pardon, this I see. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing can for sin atone. Not of good that I have done. This is all my hope and peace. This is all my righteousness. And so we have language of atonement. We have language of a sin that needs to be washed away. We need to be made whole. But um, this song by Caroline Cobb is emphasizing that the blood of Jesus doesn't just appear from nowhere to wash you clean, but it actually involves a very bloody and hideous sacrifice. And so we don't revel in that gore mm. or anything like that, but we have to acknowledge the, uh, in Caroline Cobb's song, um, to contrast it with the original hymn. We actually have to um, see, how do I put this? We have to see the Passover to really make sense of what Christ was doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we have to see that blood smeared across the doorposts, as I think this final verse um, does really well. I guess the final chorus. There's a poison in our veins, and it leads to death. We can There's a poison in our veins, and it leads to death we cannot escape. Send a ransom, a perfect son. Remedy the curse by his precious blood. Yeah, so now we know that in addition to having a promise in our veins, and again, Israel having, ethnic Israel having been given a promise by God to inhabit a particular land and to be, obviously, that means they would be saved from slavery because that's clearly not the resolution of the promise. This is now expanding all of this in a much bigger way. So there's a poison in our veins too, which is sin, right? Sin, it leads to death and we can't escape it. It is inevitable. We will die. We will die the first death, and without Christ, we will die the second death. Uh, it's something worse even than slavery. So the stakes are now raised much higher, and what we need uh, is a ransom, and the ransom is a perfect son, the perfect son of God. Again, not again, the Passover is what it is, the, a, a lamb that's slain so that, so that death 
will pass over. Um, but now we need this poison. Um, we need to be ransomed from this poisonous blood, this death that we can't escape. And it's um, it's even a curse. But the blood of this son, of this lamb, will wash away our sin, will, will cure us, will provide a remedy to a poison. So again, just nice little metaphorical connections, but that also fit consistently with the story of the Passover, and which also do not obfuscate at all, and in fact really clarify uh, and connect Christ and the cross Mm -hmm. with all of Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, I mean, you can almost imagine uh, us being bound in slavery by sin to sin, clearly mirroring uh, the the Israelites being bound in slavery by Pharaoh and his hard heart. And so this blood liberated the Israelites and this blood liberates us. And the Lamb his cross will be our glory in the rain of his blood it will make us and the lamb that will come, his cross will be our doorway, and the red of his blood he will make us white. And the daughters and sons rejoice in resurrection and death, And daughters and sons rejoice in resurrection, and death swallowed up in endless life. It is really beautiful. I mean, again, thinking about what came before. So we've been given the image of Israel rejoicing after the Passover, a new day is dawned, and Israel is rejoicing. They've got the spoils of Egypt, they're dancing in the streets, and they've been set free to go to the promised land. And we have something now even better, because the lamb that will come um, will have his blood shed upon the cross. The cross is our doorway. And again, <laughs> it's great, it makes a connection, because in the Passover, right, it's over, it's over the doorway, over the threshold. And, you know, Christ calls himself in the Gospels the doorway, the gate. It's narrow and few will be able to enter it. And um, and the cross is a doorway. And that's a connection that I had not really made before I listened to this song, the, the connection between the Passover being over the doorway and Christ also being the doorway, and presumably the doorway being made of a wood beam, you know, and the wood beams that were there of the cross. And we don't, we don't know exactly whether that's the case or not, but um, it just, it, the connection seems, she had clearly did some really, she did a lot of thinking to 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 design these words in a very particular way to really try to bring out the significance of what's going on. The red of his blood will make us white. Again, biblical ideas just used in exactly the right moment. The the consistency of of comparing colors now, the red of the blood, the white of righteousness, and daughters and sons rejoice in resurrection. So we had the Israelites rejoicing in the spoils and the freedom, which is wonderful. Um, but we have been now saved from death. So Israel was saved from slavery, but God's Israel that had the poison of sin in their veins, which was inescapable death, as she says earlier, now we are rejoicing in resurrection and death swallowed up in endless life. So um, we've been rescued from death and the life that we have received is an endless life. So again, just a real sense of the, the, the greater need that we had because of our sin and the greater reward that we receive in Christ. Glory, glory, this I see. All my praise for this I bring. Glory, glory, this I sing. All my praise for this I bring. Not of good 
Not of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. So yeah, now we, we get it hammered home. So the, this is the part of the song that we all know and have heard. And again, I don't know that this is her intent or not, but for me, it's sort of like, oh, now I understand a little bit more the the bigger story that's going on mm-hmm. when we say nothing but the blood of Jesus will deliver us from sin. Like this has been alluded to from the very beginning. And again, this is something that you know, but just the way that she she interposes the thread of nothing but the blood of Jesus and then the story about the exile with various images and metaphors, and then she brings it home and says, and and gives this this key line in nothing but the blood of Jesus, for me, it's just a real powerful moment of, oh, yeah, you know, this, you know, it is nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, Colin, do you have any concluding thoughts on this song? You've really summed up the merits of it. For my five, I'm just bringing songs that I really, really like for one reason or another that are kind of broadly in the contemporary Christian category. So, is this a song that I would sing in church? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, not certainly not for corporate worship. I, I don't know that I would sing this song for corporate worship, but it is a fabulous song, in my opinion. I mean, it's just really well thought out, and the whole album is really well thought out. It, it is it is just, uh, I don't know if this woman is in Mensa or not, but but if you listen to the whole album, it's, it's very clever. plus IQ. Yeah, <laughs> I think so anyway. Like, I, I, I really appreciate, like, Andrew Peterson's album about, about Christ. I think it's very, very good. Uh, and I think certainly the production value on that album is very high. There's a lot of things that I think are, I mean, it's a great album. Um, I, I like this album better than that album. Hmm. Well, I, I had never heard of this song before, nor had I heard of this artist so I also, like you, owe your wife a debt of gratitude for introducing you to this this music because uh, I also really like this song. And uh, you you should I, listen to the album; it's good. Okay, I will. I will. So 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 my rating, I guess, is uh, five out of five Carolyn Cobb salads. Which I don't mean that as a as to be mean. I just I Wait, thought it was a nice mean? little. I don't get it. Huh? I don't get Caroline it. Carolyn <laughs> Cobb salads. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, have you not? Are you not familiar with the Cobb salad? I think I've heard the phrase before oh okay well um her her name is is spelled exactly the same as Cobb and Cobb salad so who knows maybe she's a descendant of whoever it is that invented the Cobb salad or maybe that's a common name I don't know so do you still give would you give this song a five Tyler yeah I would I, I really have no like I can't think of any issue with it and I think I could see it being used in a church um I mean, there there are calls to worship. There are calls to um, lift up your voice and lift up your head. And um, sometimes churches will have uh, times where uh, people are praying themselves, maybe even um, kind of communally confessing sin, according to some mm-hmm. traditional prayer. And uh, often after that, there's mm-hmm. a song that's meant to really remind people that um, it's actually funny. We're recording this on uh, the day after Yom Kippur, the day of atonement or the day of covering, but um, reminding people that their sins have been covered and uh, and that they have been forgiven. And so I feel this this would be a decent song to to put in a slot like that if you were going to do it in a in a church. Yeah. But I give this song five out of five Caesar salads. So 
Anyway, but listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Worship Review. And uh, we look forward to uh, joining you again next week where we uh, talk about one of my favorite uh, songs, or at least a song that I would give a five. So we'll see you then. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to the Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at anchor.fm slash theworshipreview and patreon.com slash theworshipreview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.